So we'll just start with uh, who are you and what's your past in rallying? Well, you of all people know exactly who I am. I am you and I are a son of uh, Mark Smith, who is Juddy's mechanic, or Jeff Judd's mechanic, and works on the Magnum cars. Uh, you, we got introduced to rallying through the old man driving, well, not driving, mechanicing uh, stuff and on rally cars, and he's competed in the Fern a couple of times. He doesn't shut up about that. Um, we, uh, I now drive a Toyota Starlet. It's a little KP Starlet. Uh, it, you know, everyone knows now that it's a 1600 car, but originally it was a 1300 car, and we did quite well in maintenance series and did all that sort of stuff with the 1300. Um, and now I compete in uh, 1600 with all the with the big boys, and uh, we try and giant kill with our little wee four AG cars. Um, and yeah, no, uh, we, we that's uh, it's small. It's all we know at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, well, yeah. As you touched on, it's we've come from a family that was all based around rallying. So you and I share a common passion for rallying and motorsport alike. So in terms of yourself, you're a very successful driver. I do some media stuff for the likes of Hayden Patton and other like Matt Summerfield and all that. So we're both heavily invested in the sport. Yeah, that was a massive flex on my behalf, but you know, yeah, we, <laughs> we're pretty invested in the sport. And uh, so I guess we decided to make a podcast about it and just chat shit about rallying, really. Yeah, not a lot of people get the opportunity to broadcast the fact that we want to talk a whole heap of crap about other people on motorsport. But we're Smiths, so we have like this special card. Like, you know how James Bond has like his license to kill? We have the license to give shit. So, you know, that's what we do. So I figured we'd start by we'll work our way down what we know. So we could start at the New Zealand Championship, work our way through some of those special events that are coming up later this year and then the maintenance areas, and then just some club events that we are aware of, and then maybe get on to some other motorsport stuff throughout the chat, if you're interested. Yeah, go on, give it a whirl. All right. Well, let's start with the New Zealand Rally Championship. Obviously, working with Hayden down here in Cromwell, I'm quite invested in that that whole scene, and we've obviously seen him dominate the championship this year. What's your take on what's happened in the 2021 season? Um, well, you know, it's been an interesting season. Like, uh, you know, there's been lots of ups and downs. Uh, you know, uh, you start at the start of the year, you had Otago, which was like, you know, the benchmark rally that everyone wants to like full attack at. And, you know, and, and like there were, at the start of the year, there was a lot of unknowns with a lot of people. Um, you know, the, Robbie had Stokes had his car, um, you know, the, the previous year they had a few teething issues, but they were putting in some absolutely mad times through uh, the events that we did in 2020. Uh, Rana was in the R5 again, was just like everyone loves to watch Rana drive past and he was on for some good results this year, which was, you know, good high hopes. Uh, Regan and his R5, you know, woohoo, Spates team, you know, it's... Uh, they were interesting to look at to see where Regan, where his experience would come in and see what results he had. Um, you know, it oh, just it's just been all sorts of mad stuff, eh? Um, you know, and then you get through the year and obviously Hayden, your mate, just takes off once again. <laughs> yeah, but what I found most interesting was like, yes, Hayden was the class of the field. He was like taking off every event. But that second place was so fast. Like Emma and Robbie and Ben and Rana and numerous others have all shown the pace to be second place in the championship. It's been like unreal to watch. It's bloody fast. Oh, it's mad though. Eh? Like you think of the previous years, I, like this is my personal opinion. I reckon the pace that these top guys are putting on at the moment is probably the fastest we've seen in recent years like this is the i reckon these guys are, should be going to not just new zealand i reckon they should going to australia but you know unfortunately in the times we have at the moment i don't think we can do that but you know the pace is just so fast and then all this bullshit like these guys are going so quickly and everyone's posting on facebook about you and john that's stupid <laughs> oh yeah you know that's different though like we're that the pace down what we're doing is different. Like we're just, 
out there going yahoo and it's that's that's a whole different story you know the, us at john t we're just we don't want to be like you know you know we're gonna go and beat these guys we're just out there just going right i'm gonna try and beat you john t and he goes right i'll try and beat you <laughs> and for those who aren't aware i'm actually based out of cromwell here and i live with uh, ari pedigree so in the tour drive championship we obviously obviously have seen some surprises this year especially with ari who really took the fight to Marcus and dominated him through the first half of the season. What's your take on that? Like, the kids always had talent, but that was mega. Oh, out the gate. I've never seen pace like that before. You know, that that BMW should not go that fast. You know, we've been watching that car for, I don't know how many years he's owned it now, but, like, from when he had that four-cylinder engine in it and he started off and, you know, immediately that was very fast in the events that he did. And then he moved on to like he started you know progress and the speed came and then he put the fancy gearbox in it and then the, that speed increased him and then he started tinkering with the four-cylinder engine and then all of a sudden the, it just dive planned because you know the, the reliability of that four-cylinder engine and the power that he was trying to put through it just went kaboom and that was the end of that so but yeah and then he put that six-cylinder engine in it and man oh my did it that he solved that issue and I mean I think when he put the six-cylinder engine in it and he knew that the reliability was there it's like something just went click in his head and it's just like right I'm coming after you <laughs> and then likewise in the um FIA two-wheel drive class Dylan Thompson was always going to be the front runner in that field but Jordan Grant is like hard up his ass yeah like that was the I didn't expect that. Like at the start of the year when I when you know the Dylan said, Yep, I'm gonna be in the Fiesta again this year. Obviously, the year before and the year before that, he was in the uh in the SAS car. Um, and you know, which good on him, get back into it. You know, at the top as he has said to me many times, it is an expensive uh to be at the top, but um, you know, and when he said at the start of the year, yeah, I'm a two-wheel driver, I thought, well, that's that's I still need another one of those two-wheel drive championships and put it on top of his kitchen table. But um, yeah, uh, Jordan, like he just, you know, g'day, he going like as he is, and just turns up and clicks the gear in the swift and goes and sits right on Dylan's ass the whole way. You know, that's just yeah, that, and not just saying to Dylan, but like oh, I'm impressed with jo- with uh, Jordan. That is just insane you know that like the whole time he was out there he just sat on dylan's bumper just he didn't need to beat him in times he just needed to sit there and wait for dylan to make that mistake and like you know, and but the scary thing is is that dylan is very rare to make mistakes so <laughs> and then moving back down the field obviously in the classics we're kind of invested in one driver there because our dad builds his car but <laughs> In terms of the John Silcock story, I don't think many people touched on it from Otago, but what he'd been through in the previous years to come back and be right there again at Otago was pretty impressive. Yeah, you know, it was, I, I again, I take my hats off to Silcock. You know, he, you know, he went through hell in the last couple of years and, um, and then to bounce back to what he is now and putting in some results um yeah that's the credit to where he is i mean we know so only said well he's your dad real dad so you know that's just that's the proof in the pudding with that one but uh yeah he's you know like yeah i take his hats off to him he always he's been dadding me the whole way through the season as well he tell he keeps telling me to sell my car so i can build the bmw but i keep telling him to get stuffed so um yeah he's he's still yeah oh you know absolute legend of the sport i feel you know, and even you watch him back in the old days when he was doing like, you know, Rally New Zealand and he got the scholarship for that, you know, and, you know, dad was involved with that, you know, you know, he's definitely very talented. So, you know, no surprises there. And for those who aren't, for those who aren't aware, John actually went through a spout of cancer for a while there. So he had the chemo treatment and the full shebang for a while in hospital. And yeah, our dad was quite involved and trying to help out his family and stuff. So it was, we were obviously pretty invested in what was going on in John's world. And yeah, it was just fantastic to see him back. But then I guess we have to talk about Juddy. It'd be rude not to. Yeah. Well, I think we get told off. We didn't mention them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> I'd, I'm aware that there was some changes in the car that made him a lot faster, but South Canterbury and Canterbury, it was the best I've seen Juddy drive in years. Like that was fast. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like at, at the he again, he he was always had the struggle of, 
you know, he was hard. He would, if he wasn't putting a good result after stage one, he would usually just go, ah, you know, it's you know, it's me, you know, I'm driving slow and oh, I'm making excuses at the first service. But dad, every time he got to the first service, dad's always over there giving him the old pep talk. Come on, mate, let's get into it. Come on, you know, that's what he does. But yeah, this year, and when he got to Canterbury, you know, local roads for him, you know, he's done those about a squillion times, you know, so he should be, uh, faster anyway but like yeah when he actually put those results and the, the, you know the stage chimes in it's just like wow that's impressive isn't it you know and they put a new exhaust on the back of it and uh, it was it was one of those palm size exhausts and it's just it, it might as well have just been one big piece of drain pipe all the way to the back because man you can hear that car for bloody miles it's so good <laughs> also while we're talking about the Juds I just thought of it crash of the year do we like, is there a debate oh, whether it's Jack Hawksford or Harry Judd? We just need to, I think we need to put our hands to there. Just give them the, you know, the, the golf clap. Just the, Oh, yeah, the, absolutely. Uh, that, was, that was absolutely fantastic. I mean, it was shithouse. I mean, you know, it, his first year in an R2, he went to Westland and, you know, he hadn't really put the car together. But, you know, we, we managed to get it together uh, for the season and he started out in Westland. But there was something that, you know, it, either it was him or the car, we weren't quite sure. But the car was quite evil on him and high speed stuff. And he couldn't really wrap his head around. And plus, you got to remember, it's left-hand drive. You know, he'd been driving right-hand drive all his life, you know. You know, even in the paddock cars in a Waimati, we're all right-hand drive. You know, it's hard to wrap your head around jumping from to the left-hand seat you know it's it's tricky stuff uh and he just mastered it but even then you know the car wasn't quite right at Westland like he in that last uh was I think it was the second last stage he had that quite evil spin he just got the car in a slide and it just kept coming around on him mm. and he couldn't work it out it actually scared him like he, mm. he you know he denied that but he it did actually scare the living guts out of him so you know uh, and then he got to Otago and, you know, we spoken to a whole heap of people with those R2s and he got straight into it. And yeah, like I, I went through that corner. I did Otago as well. It was an evil little prick of a corner. And unfortunately he just, just got caught out on it, you know, and like, it, if you could say many things about what he could have done, but the speed that he was going in there <laughs> and the car that he was in, you know, there was no way he was going to go around there. You know, it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was a big enough for him. But as a media guy, fuck, that was some good content. Like, wow, oh, what a crash. Mate, dude, this co-driver, Ben Trevelyan, I mean, he'll never, ever end the conversation. But he, if you watch the in-car video, he puts his hands in the air. Like, you should, the one thing you don't want to do on a crash, don't you think, is not just put your hands together and go and brace for impact. Like he just puts his hand in the air like he's at one of those fucking Elton John concerts. Like, it's just like, woohoo! Like, <laughs> it's just ridiculous. And then he keeps, and as he's rolling over, he's going, Are you right? Are you right? Are you right? It's like, mate, we're crashing. I'm awesome. Fun. <laughs> and I guess the last thing for us to touch on is the Cat 5A, 5B thing, which you were quite involved in in the early parts of the season with 5B. So, 5A, Quinton Palmer is just a weapon in an older car. Absolutely. Like, how the hell? <laughs> but he's not as good as Andy Martin because he's one of our customers, and I have to say that. Oh, listen and to this. <laughs> oh, broken wire, do it. And also he can manage to pull Rocky Hudson out of retirement every five minutes. So, I mean, oh, he must be no, pretty good. He must be. I mean, shit. How much was he paying Rocky? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> And then 5B, obviously... You were a candidate to take that title, but you've you've ruined it now by being poor. So need money to race, don't you? Oh, apparently. You don't need money to do media though. <laughs> hey, don't do that. But again, <laughs> those those two classes have added to the championship in terms of competition and they've been actually so exciting to watch. If you know the drivers and stuff as well, you get more invested. But there is a great battle happening in the back of the well, not the back of the field, but in that those classes. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, 5A is a great way to actually get yourself involved with NZRC. Like, you don't need an AP4 car to do it. Should, you don't even need a fucking Group A car. You can do it in your mum's Toyota if you like, as long as it has a roll cage and some mud flaps, you'll be sweet. But, like, 
it's it's just a great way to enter the sport if you want to actually get into the top tier. Mm. Uh, you know, and you know, Andy and and Quentin, you know, Quentin Palmer's cars is like an early was it? It's an Evo five or a six. You know, it's it's nothing flash, is it? It's like, and he would probably say the same thing. You know, it's it's just an old girl having a good time. You know, and it's great, isn't it? And the same with the class I was in, five B. It was just a the pick and mix of cars. You know, it's great. You know, you had Hainsy and his big horsepower BDA that you know uh, Tony used to own. And then you got Sam down in the old in Lonely Mirage, Melance and Mirage thingy, you know, front wheel drive, little snail. And then you got me in the middle. It was just a balance of the two, fast, but also not that fast. You know, it's just, it was a good season. And I'm, a, I'm actually a bit pissed off that I didn't actually finish the season, to be honest. And I hate running out of money, but unfortunately, you need money to do this sort of sport. So, yeah. What do you reckon, though? What, what do you think, like, the 5B, 5A thing should stick around? What do you think? I definitely think it's got value in the championship because it takes the... It gives the people in those Evo 5s and 6s and the olden presence and stuff a chance to compete in the championship in their own little class that's not saying you're in an older vehicle, but you're just in a... You're not in Category 1, really. So, yeah. And then, obviously, 5B for me this year really showed me the value of that class when Harry was able to go up to Whangarei, learn the roads, still be part of the championship and just in his little old starlet, like yourself, like you're still involved in the championship, but there's no way you could do five rounds and nine days rallying on the budgets that you guys have. So yeah. 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 It's got value. Yeah, like it's it's a great idea. I think to, in my opinion, they, the, that sort of class should hang around. Hmm. Um, I think there should be more competitors in it. You know, that, that 5B class, you know, only had so many in it. But again, it's only to get that sort of NZRC competitor or that that person that's in the club era into the NZRC. And like, yeah. I think if they can, it was, it's still, it's cheap, but it needs to be a little bit cheaper in my personal opinion. Just, just, just a little bit. It just, you know, for a guy like myself that's pulling money out of their back pocket to do it, you know, it just needs to be that little bit cheaper. I understand there are reasons why it is that much, but like yeah just i know there are ways to make it a little bit cheaper for those guys and then the last bit of new zealand championship news obviously tonight the uh coromandel rally will be cancelled or postponed due to the covid pandemic so i mean what's your take on that it's obviously the right choice but it is the right choice um but you know and covid is it's a real fucking gut slam isn't it so really <laughs> fucks with us all um, I reckon that's but, the name for our podcast. COVID can get what? fucked. COVID can get fucked. I reckon it's yeah. a great name. Should yeah. we name it that? Yeah. No Nothing to do with motorsport, but it works. Just like COVID ruin my life podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Put it into an abbreviation. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I, yeah, I think like if Coromandel went ahead, it would have been good. Like it would be a great rally. I think, and you know, since I'm not um, contractually obliged to uh, NZRC or Hyundai, but I don't think Coromandel's actually that good of a rally. <laughs> I've got no comment well, on the situation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's just, uh, I find it, it is, it's very, very remote now up through there. I mean, you know, you've been there and, you know, you, even for you as a spectator or even a media guy, it was just an absolute nightmare to get anywhere. Oh, it's definitely hard work. I mean, like as you say, like um, you know, I talk to lots of other people, and they say it's it, rallying is more. They're trying to look into the more the competitor, helping the competitor rather than like the spectator. But I think you need to try and balance the, between the middle. You know, you need to help the 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 spectator as well as the competitor. So, and that rally is so remote; it's gnarly as you know. So, and like it's a good rally. Don't get me wrong; it's you know, it's a rally. And take every rally for granted, but yeah, like there are other rallies that should be more in the ends that I see than Coromandel. But that's you know, if hot topic, you can hit me up on, you know, hit me in my DMs. But no, no way, no, not my, my personal <laughs> opinions. No, no, no. Right. Uh, well, that's the New Zealand Championship done. So let's move on to our specialist events for this year. So obviously we've got Ashley Forest Rally Sprint, the resurgence of the Waimati Fifty with the horsepower hill climb. And then oh. Jack's Ridge Rally Sprint later in the year. Starting with Ashley, always an awesome event. 
And I mean, the likes of Sloan and Hayden coming down with massive horsepower, tour drives, having Marcus and Ari and Chris Hay, that's going to be bloody exciting. And then crosscuts for the first time, um, that should be all on for that weekend. Dude, it's, it should be gnarly. Like, you know, I think there's only like 70 entries or something like that, including myself. Come find me. Hi. But, you know, it's, I think it's just going to be pretty, like, it's going to be a big year. All, all things go ahead. Mm. You know, it's, you know, it, oh, Hayden, you know, he's the times that he's put around there so far and that pocket rocket that he has as a Hyundai, you know, it's insane. And then, you know, I, did I read on the entry list that Ari's doing it in the BMW? Yeah, so BMW and Crosscar this time. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. You know, that car in a straight line is like, an, like out of the hole. It's a bullet. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, I think, you know, it's going to be interesting. And Ari can drive, and the, you know, even further down 1300 stuff, you know, even the small boys is going to be good. I mean, they're probably close to about, I think there's like seven or eight 1300s or something like that. You know, it's just, that's cool, you know. That that's you know, and they may be slow, but they're giving it everything that they can, mm. you know. And the, the herdman, I'm coming after you, mate. One day, I'm coming back for that. And you know, he beat me for like point four or point five or a second or something like that. Oh, I'm so gutted. I thought I had that too. You know, that that's the sort of thing. It's like the the thirty hundred boys. That's going to be very entertaining. What yeah, about you? Like, I'd actually for me, I I like the events where you the invitation and you get like the best field but actually has its point of difference is it's it's basically a club event like anyone can come along compete there's no picking or choosing it's first in first served so that's where we get that variety in the field i guess you get some club level drivers taking on the best in the country and it, it is fascinating to watch and then when you see their excitement levels when they start to get their times closer and closer to what the likes of hayden and sloan it's like well yeah no this is actually pretty entertaining yeah, I think it's going to be a very entertaining and all through the classes. And can I just say about the rally sprint? You know how they say it's a rally sprint? I mean, I've done that, what, twice now? And I personally don't think it's a rally sprint. <laughs> There's nothing rally sprint related about it. Like, it is that road is cool, evil in the same sentence. It is just, it's got everything in it. And you know, well, in Hayden's turn, it's like under under a minute, or under 50, almost under 50 seconds, you know. It's just, that is, like, if you put your foot wrong just a millimetre there, it is, like, in the trees. It is game over. And you can go on Google Images and YouTube and find out what going a one millimetre too much is. You know, it's just, it's a beautiful, evil bastard of a place. <laughs> yeah, and I think... It went through a pretty rough period during sort of from probably 2011 till 2015. There was like a, a drought of, I mean, like some, yeah, Matt Summerfield and Richard Baddock were sharp in Subarus and that was spectacular to watch for us because we know them well. But yeah. when Sloan came along with the hill climb car and then Hayden's come back and Summerfield's have come back with more power and stuff, it's, it's really like thriving now. It's a fantastic event. Yeah, it is. It is a great event now. I mean, there, there, there's more to be done there in terms of helping the 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 event. Like, there's definitely more to do there. Um, and it, it, like, it's an it's a place where it's similar to Jack's Ridge and you know your you what's it called Golden Twelve Hundred that you had a couple. It was a year back now. Jesus, yeah, start twenty twenty. Yeah, race style. Yeah, you know it's. That's it's it, it should be like back in the eighties and nineties. It used to be live on television. Now I'm not mm. trying to go back to the whole. It should be live on television, but it's it it can be as as good because the road is so small and you know the spectators again. Oh, like I say about Coromandel, it's just, it's a great balance between spectators and competitors. It just it brings Christchurch, New Zealand, into this one area to go out and enjoy and celebrate. Uh, rallying you know what we do you know and like if you look at the entry list for this year you know it's not just going to be Sloan and Hayden Festival it's actually there's a whole heap of local boys even the local boy himself Mr Stokes you know you know Robbie he's going to be in the AP4 car you know it's 
and Mike Tall, he's always there with that big horsepower car. You know, it's not just the the two horses now. It's there's actually a diversity there. So yeah, and like you know, Hayden is going to be fast. We all know that Hayden is going to go like you know what was his record around there? I've forgotten what was his record. It's a fifty-two something. It's like high fifty-twos. I'm pretty sure. And I know for a fact that he could probably damn well go under that 50 second mark. And I know that's probably as if the road's going to ask for it, he will have a go at it. Oh, we've definitely you know, talked that, about it, but um, he's not so confident. So might have said, <laughs> you know, hurry the fuck up, mate. Yeah, come on. Yeah, shove a rocket up his ass and tell him to yeah. get his fucking ass in the gear. Yeah, <laughs> just push the throttle a bit harder. It's all good. Yeah, it can't be. It's not that hard. I mean, with my car, you just hold the throttle down everywhere and just mm. hope for the best. Is that mm. the same thing that he has to go through? I don't know. But oh, I'm, absolutely. I'm, yeah, yeah. Starlet in yeah. a 700 horsepower Hyundai, pretty much the same thing. I think it is. It feels mm. like it when you're driving it. <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> I won that rally sprint in it. Oh, yeah. Here we go. <laughs> oh, get out. Don't, um, don't talk to Ben or Dylan about that one. Um, <laughs> oh, in terms of the following event, we've got. Um, the resurgence of White Matty 50 with the horsepower hill climb. So for those who don't know, White Matty 50 has been run on the streets for the last sort of 10 or 11 years, I'm pretty sure. A million squigging years. But unfortunately with this year, some sort of dramas are going on internally. So they're going to shift to the gravel hill climb, which we used before. And I think it was last used in 18 or 19. Oh, we did a demo event in 19. And yeah, it would have been, I think it would have been about 2017 when we last used that. Yeah, so um, I, for my side, I'm helping promote that event, but obviously I, I'd only pr- promote it if I believed in it, and it, it is a fantastic piece of road. It is so cool. And what Rob and the team down there are doing with it, like it's going to be pretty awesome, and the likes of Hayden, Sloan, Summerfields, Ari, Wayne Pittams, they've all dedicated their time to come down and compete in the event, so it should be a big one. You mean come down? They're going up. Isn't it? They're all from cross. Oh, some of them are. <laughs> <laughs> Is it a cross? I'm not quite sure. Yeah. Ah, oh, mate. I'd done that event in my 1300 car. And like, even in 1300, it was a heck of a lot of fun. You know, and like, and that was when the road was an absolute, like, rough bastard of a road. You know, that, that Ford halfway through it, you know, <laughs> I reckon I broke stub axles coming out of there. I had to get them checked after that. You know, and you're not making it sound good, Tim. Just oh man, it, 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 it was rough. It was rough, but it was the rest of the road, man. It is proper cool. Like at mm. the start, it's you know it's twisty. There's you know there's one two hairpins in it, and then there's a bit of a steep uphill, and then it's crusty towards the end, like big crests. And um, it's yeah, it's it's proper cool piece of road. It's good they got it back. Like it's I think there was a bit of a problem in the last time that they um they tried to run it, but. Um, yeah, it's great to have it back. I really actually like the hill climb's bloody grouse. I like that, but they need to bring back that rally sprint out back too. Oh, yeah, that was a good road. I've got some unfinished business to do out there. Can you bring that back as well, please? Oh, yeah, I'll just Come talk on. to my people and we'll sort that all out. And yeah, no worries, mate. No worries. Yeah, get it done, mate. Just sign yeah. off that piece of paper that you got, this magic fucking paper that you have. <laughs> okay, right. next one Jack's Ridge. Always a fantastic event. Last year was just unreal. That having the cream of the crop all in one place on a road that you can see the whole way around. It was just fantastic to be there. And I'm sure you were watching live from home and stuff. Fucking cool. Oh, bro. That was main eight. You got to love the fact that they had the live, the live stuff on TV was pretty main. Um, you know, and like the spectacle of the big jumps that it was in is just like out the gate. And yeah, it's, it's insane. I, I, personally think that's probably the best event we run in the whole country at the moment Mm. so you know it's just it's an awesome spectacle if you're up there if you have the time you have the money if COVID isn't here get your ass up there and get a ticket and and go watch it because holy crap it's cool I mean we're you know we're rally car nuts and we personally think it is the one of the coolest things to go watch even like I didn't go there last year but I watched it on TV and it was like holy shit it Mm. is cool you know, it's it's gnarly as. And in terms of like the event itself, I'm aware of some of the drivers that were potentially coming over. It's all based on the COVID situation and stuff, but like this year, pretty big deal. And also, I don't like we, it's obviously the best rally event we've got in the country at the moment, but I'd also argue that's one of the best motorsport events we've got in the country at the moment. Like it is 
up there with the most incredible thing you can watch on both live and on TV. It's exciting. It's compact. It all happens in like this short little area. It's yeah, it was great to watch last year, and I'm sure it'll be the same again this year. Absolutely, I think it's going to be a great year. You know, and you know all the boys are coming back from NZRC. You know, and uh, um, you know Robbie and uh, is going to have an attack there. You know, I, I, you know what? Who actually? Let's just chuck it out there. Who's your pick? Because I know Hayden. You know he's got a bit of a bee in his bonnet about last year, and I know you're contractedly obliged. But if to put the contract aside. Actually, actually, no, let's put this even better just to make sure that, you know, the theoretical second placer, let's do that. The theoretical second placer, because I know you contracted and they're obliged. Go on, chuck it out there. I know you're thinking. I can see you there thinking. I think there's a few names in the mix that would be right up there. Oh, God. I'm aware. No, I'll, I'll go through them. I'll go through them. I know Jack Hawkswood's going to be fast. I know what he's doing to his car, and I know it's going to be rapid. I also know Robbie is just a class act at the moment. That's pretty hard to beat, especially if he's still running rally four-wheel drive. It just He's a talent. Freak of nature. Absolute freak of nature. Um, there's other people like the Summerfields I believe in a lot. I think he can drive, and I know they've made some – improvements on the car in the last few weeks that would make them a lot stronger. Mm. But in terms of a second place, you'd either be looking at Sloan Cox or Ian Fitch. They were the two that never really got a chance last year and they are fucking quick. I, I just want to point out something as well. Is Sloan, with Sloan, and, and he's going to be bringing his hill climb car back, isn't he? Mm. I don't think that place is really for hill climb cars. In my personal opinion, like it's not, it's not a hill climb car place, you know. It, I, still think, like I still think horsepower talks. I mean, yes, there is a lot of it's more like circuit racing, the corners and stuff. A restricted rally car can play its bit there, but in terms of getting the power down off the line over the jump and into the hairpin and stuff, horsepower still makes a difference. And that we like Hayden is the best driver in the country, but to do a 119 last year. I think horsepower played a part in that. And if we're honest, last year we didn't have much. It was not that far ahead of what uh, what Shane and stuff were running. We just had big wings to make it look cool. <laughs> Whatever, Trevor. Like, I, yeah, I think with like like you say, and I, old man's coming back here, and this is what he says. But horsepower isn't everything. You know, it's like and, no, and no, 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 no. No, 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 it is no, no, true. No. true. Horsepower is not everything. You know, it's, you know, Marcus Gronholm said that a flying car is not a fast car. So putting putting 700 horsepower to the ground and making it fly the furthest is not exactly the fastest bloody time in the world, is it? So it's good content, like, though. It's great content. And I know you're a media guy, but, and I think personal for the second fastest is going to be one of the other, I reckon, either Rana. Hawkswood or Stokes. That's that's my three for the theoretical second. And I'd, so, I'd love to be able to say, obviously, this is not a forum that I can disclose some of the names that could potentially be coming over, but there are other names in the mix that should be here that will be in that top three. There's no doubt about yeah, well, it. Yeah, well, we'll see about that. And yeah, I know yeah. you've told me some of the names, and we'll see about that. But, mm. like, it, again, it that's why I'm saying those three because I don't know if they're actually going to get back into the country sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So, like, that's the issue. So, well, you just disclosed I, the internationals, you fucking idiot. Who cares? Like, you, we know it's someone coming from overseas. It's not because all, if you think about it, all the NZRC boys, we all know they're going to be doing it. There's no, mm -hmm. like, special drivers that haven't done it in New Zealand or not have been out of the scene that are still fast, you know? So, we all know that it's internationals. But whether they can get into the country, we don't know. So that's my pick for the for the theoretical second. Yeah, well, we we definitely look forward to a bit more Jack's Ridge in our life. So, oh, uh, yeah. Okay, well, moving on, let's let's talk about what is closest to home for us: the Mainland Rally Series, the South Islands Championship. Obviously, this year a bit different to previous years. We've had some oh, one obvious young talent coming through, but not the normal competitors you'd usually see. So it's been pretty fascinating to watch. What's your take on, especially the Robbie Stokes situation? He's an animal, but... Yeah, I, 
you know, like Robbie has just been a star this year in the results that he's done. Unfortunately, he's had really bad runs with NZRC, but in and on the other side of the seesaw, his results everywhere else uh, in in mainland series have been really really good. Uh, obviously, for Otago Rally, the first day um, was the points for mainland. And, um, of course, he completed the first day at Otago and, you know, absolutely blew everyone out of the park there anyway. So, uh, in terms of the mainland field. So, yeah, he's just an absolute machine behind the wheel. Um, but we have, to, we have to touch on that Canterbury performance, like, to go up against the likes of Josh, Matt, all of the local guys that are just elite in that way, what he's done not only once but twice now, just destroying the field at Canterbury Rally. He's like, he's properly good. It, yeah, I, you know, uh, I just like to say, Jack, but um, Hayden, look out, mate. <laughs> you know, that, that kid can drive. And I know Robbie really, really well. Him and I have grown up together. And you know him only too well as well, don't you, Jack? So, and, you know, I... I, I, I know he's probably going to listen to this podcast and I know he's going to give me shit for this, but I'm really surprised. I never saw that come out of him ever. You know, I saw him ride a motorbike and, uh, you know, we used to ride motorbikes all the time and I never saw that coming. But when you are the son of a New Zealand rally champion, I'm sure shit washes off on you pretty well. So, you know, that, that you know, absolute star. And, like, he had a bit of a rocky road getting to where he is now. You know, he really has fucking owned a lot of tin cans. So, um, uh, yeah, he's, uh, yeah, it's, it's an absolute weapon behind the wheel. I think we have talked about Robbie a lot in this podcast, but what's well, he is. He's the star yeah. of the show. He, he has proven, you know, we all expected Hayden to get out there and go fast. But uh, the person I choose for the year that has just fucking shone with a bright light is Robbie. But yeah, and like I would love to agree with you. And obviously <laughs> oh, I'm biased. I am quite biased. But what Hayden's doing <laughs> sorry. <laughs> what Hayden's doing in the national championship and every other event he touches, he is like we all know he's a class ahead of the field. But the field this year has risen to the challenge and he's just Absolutely. pushed it further. He is oh. He shouldn't be here, to be honest. He should be overseas. Tim's no, just I, making it, wanking it, gestures. It, uh, <laughs> he is good, though. Uh, yes. No, but what, like I was going to say, what stood out for me with Robbie is that not only in the Fiesta has he really shunned, especially in the Mainland Series rounds, but the likes of the times he's got his dad's escort out and oh. like cast sprint. What was he oh. like, second or third overall? Yeah, oh, well, like, Westland, Western Rally. He got yeah. he got second. Or was it third? Third overall in the rally. Hmm. I mean, shit. I and mean, like, he put that that second fastest time in stage two at Westland. I think he was leading the rally. Like it, it was just like holy shit. Yeah. You know that like that's what I mean. He he's diverse in what he drives, and he's still fast. Yeah. And I think you know, that's a trait that not many have. Oh, I, I wouldn't say not many have. Probably a lot of people could jump across from a real drive to a four-wheel drive or whatever. But, Dean yeah. But Robbie has shown genuine pace. And, yeah, oh, Dean Buist. That Dean guy's Buist. just a freak. Right. <laughs> Don't even go there. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Mainland Series, there's obviously a few other classes there. You'd know more than me about what's going on in those ones. But, yeah, what's yeah. your take on them? Well, you know, well, let's, let's, moving away from Robbie, you got Haggis behind um, um, behind Robbie on uh, 69 points. Um, but there is actually quite a battle going on down in uh, fourth. There's uh, Ray Wilson and Mike Tall are actually tied on points at 54 um, going into the last round at Lawrence. So, you know, there is a, a, a quite a battle there. And actually just up the road is James McDonald. I mean, you know, that's a great result in, in what essentially is a old GCA. So, um, yeah, it was, it's one of the H6s, I believe. So, you know, that's that's amazing, isn't it? It's third overall in, in main series at the moment. That's impressive. And to, like, obviously, Sean Haggerty, he's been around a few years now. He's, he's a very quick driver. But Mike Tall... Oh, 
Mike Tall has always been a sort of rally sprint hill climb specialist. So for him to come along to the Mainland Series, I don't, like, as far as I'm aware, he hasn't done that much in the Mainland Series. And to be no. running where he is, he's he's got some genuine pace this season. Yeah, he does. And, um, you know, he's had a bit of a reliability issue for a long time. Um, but now I think this year it's really actually helped him quite a bit. I mean, he got a, a second at Canterbury. Um, he also got a second at South Canterbury for Mainland as well, which is, you know, pretty cool. So, um, yeah, he's he's definitely risen to the occasion. Absolutely. And just going one further step back, I thought we could talk about some club rallying in New Zealand because that is so essential to what all of those levels were talked about above. It's so key that we have a strong club level field. And in, I know down in my part of the world in Cromwell, Central Otago, we have some fantastic events and some really strong young drivers. And I know Autosport and Christchurch, where you are based, similar sort of traits. I think all over the country, we're seeing quite a lot of young drivers getting involved in whatever they can get their hands on. And it's fantastic to see. Yeah, I mean, you know, the club scene at the moment is actually is doing quite well. I feel, though, uh, there is a struggle at the moment to get uh, that young scene, not just into the driving seat, but also into the helping the, the, you know, the committees and setting up the events and stuff. It's coming, and we know it is, but they're definitely trying to get people into helping the club set up the event. And I know there are some people that struggle for the fact that they look at it and go, oh, it's just talking a whole heap of bollocks on a Tuesday night and you and I both know there is quite a bit of that but the organiser we can't have committee members if we can't have rallies if we don't have committee members doesn't Mm. it we don't have like it it doesn't just start with just helping out in the rally it's it's helping the autocrossers and helping out with the um you know with the rally sprints I mean like if in all seriousness if you really need to get and you need to get involved with your car club. It's not just buying a membership and just helping them along. It really is getting out there, asking them, hey, even if it's just helping set up the cones at an autocross or, you know, helping uh, a young guy, you know, jumpstart his car because it wouldn't start or, you know, just just help. that You know, get out there, get involved. You know, rallying will die without a good committee helping or good backing behind it. So please do get out there and get involved with your car club. And I think, yeah, me and Tim share that similar value that uh, both him and I have been involved in a car club in previous times. And we still often help out with as many car clubs as we can, just in terms of laying out cones on an autocross or whatever. But at the end of the day, rallying is still a volunteer-based sport. It's it's all based around who wants to volunteer their time to help provide all these awesome events throughout the year. So, yeah, as Tim said, if you have any interest in the sport, if you want to see it continue... Do as much as you can, whether that's five minutes in a week or coming to an autocross on a Sunday morning is and whatever role you can put forward, being involved, it really does help the sport. And like me and Tim have nothing to talk about if we don't have rallying. So do it for us. Yeah, do it, do it for us. I mean, shit, we, we need something to do. I mean, Jack, he wants to try and drive his out back and see if he doesn't want to crash it. So he wants to drive an autocross and find out whether he can find a fence around it. I'm pretty good at finding them too. You're really good at finding fences, I tell you. All right. Well, let's... Dicky. Let's take it to a new genre, I guess. Let's have a look at some of the international racing that was happening on the weekend, which was fascinating to watch. I'll let you start Le Mans. I know you're quite invested in that sort of endurance racing, so... Mate, this is the first time I actually stayed up. Well, I had the opportunity to recover from staying up at two in the morning to watch the start of the race. I mean, the start of Le Mans is like one of the coolest things to watch. And uh, the start of the race was chaos. <laughs> the uh, We actually started raining at, at, towards, at the start of the race. And um, these prototype cars are <laughs> not, when you add water to that, <laughs> they don't like that, eh? So it was just mental. There was cars going off everywhere. Um, you know, and, and we're going into a new era. Um, as well, because uh, we're, we're moving away from the LMP cars or the LMP1 cars, and we're moving into the new era of something called hypercar. And um, don't get me involved with the rules. They are mental, and there are a lot of little side notes and stuff. And before I get my ass handed to me to say, oh, you said it wrong, I'll, uh, I'll just say it's hypercar. Go and have a look yourself. 
Um, Toyota built the GR010, which is essentially a hybrid. Um, it's uh, an absolute fantastic car to watch. Um, and after 24 hours, and with our, with our boy in the number eight, you know, Brendan Hartley, you boy, yeah. he, uh, they, you know, it's it's smashed it. You know, they they came second, um, number seven with Mike Conway and Kobayashi, they came they came first in the seven car. Um, but there was also a new team called Glinkenhouse. So Glinkenhouse are uh, a chassis manufacturer for LMP2 cars. Um, and they thought they'd bring out and build a car. I think they only built it in like seven months or something like that to build a hypercar. And they came fourth and fifth with Ryan Briscoe and, um, and the likes of those boys and Roman Damas and all those guys, which is it's just, uh, you know, for a team like that, that's insane. Um, back in down in LMP2, um, there was a couple of, there was a bit of an issue uh, towards the end of the race there. Uh, they, the, there was two teams. Um, I've actually got the name of the teams. KIS or whatever that now. Um, they actually had a bit of an issue when they came uh, on the last lap. The leading LMP2 car actually stopped, ran out of fuel. Um, just that was the end of that. And luckily, the team car was actually um, in uh, in second with uh, Robin French. Um, he they passed him by going onto the final lap. But between essentially what would be now first and second uh, was only like two seconds. So um, the, the race was on for LMP2 and about 10 minutes beforehand, Toyota pulled in to do the whole, you know how Jack, they do the, and back in the early, well, we weren't there, but in the 69, you know, before they would bring the three cars across the line for the Le Mans finish, like the 13 cars would cross the line. Well, Toyota decided to do that and the LMP2 cars caught them on the last corner and the two LMP2 cars for the photo were going side by side across the line next to the two Toyotas. So, and uh, <laughs> luckily, uh, Robin Robin French and the LMP2 car actually won the race by like 0. 0.7 of a second in LMP2. So <laughs> it was fucking close. With uh, I think it was actually Tom Blomquist actually in that in the other team car, which that uh, I, I I don't know that he's actually related to the other Blomquist, but yeah, good name. So yeah. Well, look, Tim's obviously, he's done the research on Le Mans. He, he watched the race, so he knows what's going on there. And obviously, we do some planning before these <laughs> podcasts, so I knew what I wanted to talk about. And for me, over the weekend, watching DTM, not not just this weekend, but over the this season, I honestly didn't know how cool it was. It is the most fascinating racing I've ever watched. They drive like absolute fucking maniacs, and it's awesome to see. <laughs> But yeah, well, it's a short race. Yeah, short race and just a whole lot going on. Like carnage. I don't. I haven't watched a race yet that hasn't had a shitload of carnage and safety cars and all sort of stuff. But um, yeah, this weekend, obviously at the Nurburgring, on the shorter sprint course, I'm a big fan of Liam Lawson. So yeah, had the opportunity to interview him a few years ago and watch him race at that Highlands race where he overtook Marcus on the outside of the last corner. And from there, I was just hooked. He's a we weapon that on the weekend. I don't. I don't know how controversial we want to be on this, but fuck, he was driving like me when I was nineteen. It was like <laughs> it was. It was fairly aggressive. There was some moves going on that just should never have happened, and desperate stuff. And some of the other drivers commented on it, like Calvin Vandelinda, who's leading the championship, was just yeah holding himself back on the TV and all that. But yeah, I mean, in terms of the whole series, the racing is awesome. Those mercs sound like Spitfires. They're so cool. And yeah, I mean, class drivers, class field, lots of carnage. I'd highly recommend it to anybody that wants to get involved in some more motorsport over the overseas or whatever, because it is it's just bloody entertaining. It's like supercars on steroids. They need to put it on Sky, but unfortunately, Sky TV are one of those people that are just only only interested in racing. Hey, don't be too controversial. They could be a customer. <laughs> it's fucking true. <laughs> uh, please note, I share no common sense with Tim on this one. I, I'm a big fan of Sky TV. If you ever want any work done, <laughs> <laughs> so what I thought I'd do to finish off every episode now, because I'm inspired by Greg Rust and he's a good friend of mine. <laughs> Flex. Rusty's great. Oh, I just love Rusty. Um, <laughs> I thought I'd finish by 
if we share our favorite car and why that's our favorite car, whether it's rallying, circuit car, just a normal road car, no one gives a shit. Cool. Well, I'm going to let you start. I'm going to let you lead into that. I guess for me, my favorite car is a 22B. Like always just drew my eye to it. Fascinating car. Just so sexy. Like, oh, mate, <laughs> the things I do to that exhaust pipe, beautiful. <laughs> yeah, always like for me, rallying is Subaru. No, sorry, Hyundai. And uh, <laughs> the 22B is the pinnacle of the Subaru. It's, yeah, just a stunning car driven by Colin and the best in the world at that time. Yeah, I'll never, I'll hang the poster on the wall tonight. <laughs> well, 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 I'm going to stick with my, uh, for my favourite car. I'm going to stick with the Le Mans thing for this week. And I'm going to go with the uh, Aston Martin Vantage AMR. I reckon the, those uh, GT3 cars, man, they're a sexy piece of kit. And like uh, the Spirit, was it, what is the Spirit of Racing? In here oh, the Harder Racing. Endurance series? Yeah. Harder Racing, that's the one. Oh, mate, hearing that thing go past the pit wall, it puts vibrations in your mm. chest. <laughs> man, that thing is cool. So I reckon the uh, yeah the Vantage AMR, oh, sign me up, mate. If I win Lotto, we'll buy two. Yeah, mate. Oh, uh, I guess this is where we sign off, is it? What do we say here? Um, well, should we do the full um, Campbell live? And then he goes, he goes, Kakitiano in a very good oh, evening indeed. Great work, I like it. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you. If you if, if this was released and you were listening, thank you very much for joining us. I hope you enjoyed it. We will, we're in COVID, so we're bound to be doing more episodes because we're bored as, but. It's actually, I think, for both of us, it's been quite fun and we'd love to chat more about rallying and motorsport in general. And yeah. yeah. We'll get some guys on as well. We'll get some we'll get some guests on. I think if if we if we follow this through, we'll get some guests on. We actually know a lot of people. Um, sadly, they do mm. know us. So yeah. Then, think, um, sorry to them yeah. while we're here. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. My bad. Who do we get next? Do we get people Hayden like or Robbie or Matt? Oh. Should we? I reckon we we should go at it because we've talked about Robbie so much. Yeah, good point. I think yeah. we should get straight yeah. into Robbie. Yeah. I reckon. So next next program or next podcast, Robbie right Stokes. Up. And I have to get another box of Heineken. Yeah, I'm gonna need another box of Heineken. I reckon I should put that on the BMW. 